1: And I'm Corey Yellen. Sciatica most commonly occurs when a herniated disc, bone spur on the spine, or a narrowing of the spine compresses part of the nerve. This causes inflammation, pain, and often numbness in the affected leg. Our guest today has had lifelong spinal impairment, along with ulcers... Since she was 15 and joining us from London, England to tell her story is Rona Topaz. Rona, we appreciate you doing this. Thanks very much.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me.
1: Rona, tell us the problem you've had with your spine over the years.
2: Um, I just remember um, growing up and wondering why everyone was able to run and, and jump and play uh, without any... Um, any hesitation, and why I always had to sit down after five minutes. Um, I didn't have the best parents, so the problem wasn't investigated until I was old enough to initiate investigations for myself. Um, And finally, at 18, I was diagnosed with severe sciatica and uh, trap nerves and a lot of um, uh, sort of damaging my coccyx, which apparently I had been born with.
1: Well, wow, the pain must have been unbearable for you.
2: Well, I just remember being different. I just remember thinking, why do I always need to sit down? Why am I in so much pain? Why is no one else in pain? It was very isolating for me socially growing up.
1: Yeah. Now, you said you had ulcers since you were 15. What's the story behind that? Um,
2: Really bad um, parental neglect. Um, no guidance at all on what to eat and how to season food, um, a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of um, neglect, abuse, physical abuse, uh, which led to a lot of stress, which led to not really caring when I ate, what I ate, what I put on the food, and diagnosed with an esophageal ulcer, first esophageal ulcer I was diagnosed with at the age of 15, and still... Having problems, digestive problems to this day, um, in one form or another.
3: Wow, well, you had quite the childhood between, you know, the spinal stuff and the ulcers. Yeah,
2: and I had a stroke when I was fifteen as well.
1: You had a stroke. Wow.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you have any happy news for us, Rona? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> You're still alive. That's right.
3: Did they say oh, why they thought you had a stroke at 15?
2: Yeah. Um, it was down again to my diet, uh, which uh, which triggered um, 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 uh, blood clots. Uh, it was a hemiplegic stroke, blood clot in my brain. And it was down to the diet and also uh, poor blood circulation. And um, somewhat. I'm being somewhat overweight, that I also had blood pressure at the time. I remember my blood pressure at the time, 165 over 120. So, (laughs) my blood pressure wasn't great either.
3: (laughs) Wow, no, that's very high.
1: Rona, when you had your your spinal impairment, and uh, you say it was made worse by the MMR vaccine.
2: Um, Yes, because um, I remember being able to uh, sit up unaided and walk properly, and um, I... I can't remember how old I was when I had this vaccine, but I do remember after that being, um, you know, more dependent on other people to help me sit up, to help me sit straight, to, you know, to, to walk, you know, to walk properly, sort of like, I, felt that I, was, I was sort of bent over when I walked. And, and I remember that it impaired, to some extent, impaired my mobility, um, yeah.
3: How old were you when you had that vaccine, Rona?
2: I really don't, I don't, I don't remember.
1: Okay. What was your mental attitude like uh, during this period?
2: Um, I just, I, you know, because being disabled, it, you know, you, you you get bullied, you get you get sort of like isolated. Um, because I just, I just remember sort of um, my mental attitude. It just got worse and worse and worse. Um, yeah, I just became more and more. I just, be, I just became more and more aware of my differences as I got older. And the more aware I was of my differences, the more, the less, less, the less I wanted to be alive. Uh, basically. Well,
3: you know, any one of these conditions would be enough to make somebody pretty depressed if you're constantly living that day in day out.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really unfortunate, Rona. I'm wondering, tell us how you started researching cannabis and how that entered the picture.
2: Okay, well, this was um, many, many years later. Um, I became a carer for my mother, and she had dementia, and she was in her 90s. And I was looking for ways to, to, to help her stay alive and to help her manage her conditions. Um, because she was in, in, uh, she had FTL dementia, frontotemporal lobe, uh, and she had had it for quite a number of years and she didn't really seem to be getting any worse. And I thought, well, we must be doing something right because I had her on a kind of a plethora of different food supplements and different types of dietary things. This is all stuff I researched myself. You know, the doctors didn't really help. Um, but I was just researching, 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 oh, um, who is supposed to be good for dementia. Let's try her on that. Or... Or uh, the nu- neuros and vitamins, or, or uh, coconut oil, or or, or um, turmeric, or or, or um, uh, omega three. with was all these different sort of food supplements, and I kept just trying different combinations of them, seeing which worked. And yeah, I mean, it did actually stabilize her condition for quite a long time. I think she was about. She didn't really start to really take a turn for the work until she was about ninety two. Um, so, uh, we were doing quite well. And then, um, I don't know, I think of, um, Facebook, somebody mentioned cannabis oil and I just thought cannabis oil, seriously, cannabis oil, because I have the same prejudices as everyone else about cannabis. I thought, right. oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a classy drug. You know, it can, it can mess you up psychologically. It can do all sorts of horrible things to you. And, you know, I had these, these kind of, I was very, very, very ignorant about cannabis, but I do remember once that somebody um at, at a party I was at somebody gave me um a cigarette and they said oh it's got it's got a bit of marijuana in it and I remember trying it and then I remember sort of being able to stand while I'm waiting for the train without any pain and I just thought I can't do this normally I can't do this I can't stand and wait for a train i normally have to sit down why am I not feeling any pain in my lower back why am I not And then I thought, well, this must be what feeling high must be like, you know, because I've heard that people get high. And I thought, well, wait a minute, I've got all my faculties, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing. So so if I'm high, if being high means less pain, then I can see why people, you know, do this, you know. And then I never really sort of bothered about it again, because I didn't have access to marijuana. It was my friend's party, and then they're the ones with access to it. And I just thought, well, if I take too much of this, I'm going to go insane, because that's what they say. So I sort of stayed away from it um and then uh years and years later researching the supplements came across coconut oil and came across cannabis oil and I thought oh right okay so how do I get a hold of this cannabis oil to try it with my mother to see if it helps her condition and then one thing led to another and we've we've ended up with these patches from uh I don't know if I'm supposed to name check an organization but this is really really good company in Colorado and they make these really lovely patches with 50% THC 50% CBD and I tried it with my mother and it was like how do I describe it? Um, I, she'd wake up and uh, she'd have a, a, a runny nose. And I'd say, oh, you're coming down with a cold. And she wouldn't even be able to respond to that. She would just make a noise. And then I would put the patch on her. And then five minutes later, she would say, Rona, I'm coming down with a cold. So it was that sort of waking her up, you know, brain-wise, that sense of awareness. And I and I said, well, this is, this is coming from the patch. The patch is actually, you know, it, it, making her sort of like less, you know, less uh, enthralled to to her advancing dementia. So we used the patches until uh, we, we ran out of them. Um, long story short, we ran out of them, and she died four days later. Uh, but, uh, and then I started using the patches, and um, then I realized that I was able to stand for ridiculously long periods of time compared to how, I'd, how, how long I'd always been able to stand in the past um it 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 took away my pain levels it increased my mobility it and then i started taking cbd just pure cbd and coconut oil capsules and my ulcer symptoms practically vanished overnight it was extraordinary um i went from having uh bloating and chest pains and dizziness and and no appetite and 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 feeling really really queasy to taking one of these pills and then suddenly uh, everything was back to normal digestion wise and I thought to myself, well, you know, this is a lot better than a Meprazole. Because a is the prescribed um, medication for ulcers. Uh, and that's pretty much how I got into it, really.
1: That is quite remarkable. So, Go ahead, Corey.
2: Yeah, I was just
3: going to ask you, Rona. So you were doing pouches and uh, the CBD. Did you ever get on actual cannabis oil? Um,
2: no. Uh, oil, as in oil, as an oil. Um, I have some olive oil now. Which has, um, it's it, it's sort of part olive oil, part cannabis oil. And I have used that as well. So if that makes any sense, I've used that. Yeah. But I, it's, it's, very, a... it's very strong, strong, so I don't use it unless I'm in very, very severe pain.
3: Okay, so you just answered my question, which was going to be, is that high THC? But evidently it is.
2: Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you get a little spaced out when you take it.
2: much, and I was a little bit worried about what was going on um, because uh, I wasn't as much in control of things as I'd like to be, and I thought, oh, I must have taken too much of that. I'll take less next time. And of course the following time I took it, and all the pain went away, and I was in control, and I've I've learned how much much of a dose to take. Um, But it's trial and error.
1: So you don't take this every day?
2: No, I don't because it's extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just take it. I take it when I need it. Really, uh, the rest of the time I take the CBD pills, the so CBD coconut oil pills, and I take the um, um, yeah. I take these uh, these gummy sweets, and they've got. Um, I think the balance of the CBD and THC is something along. I'm not sure because my memory is really bad. Uh, but I think it's something like 70% CBD and 30% THC or something like that. And I do take those regularly.
1: Rona, give us a rundown on how you physically changed since taking uh, the cannabis.
2: Oh, uh, well, if I run for a train, I can catch it. <laughs> um, and uh, that never used to be the case. Um, so you've also, lost weight. Uh, yeah, I have. Um, yeah, about 2.000 well, I, I don't know how much it is in pounds, but, um, yeah, it was about... Uh, you are going to say
1: two stone? I think the stone is, yeah, what, two, 12 two, or 14 pounds? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so it was about 30 pounds I lost. Wow. 30 pounds.
1: Good for um, you.
2: And, uh, yeah, and I'm, uh, I, I've, I've just recently weighed myself, and apparently since we've had lockdown here in the UK because of uh, COVID-19, um, so um, I have put some of that weight back on, but that's because I haven't been able to get out and about and move. And you know, things I know I was normally doing, I was much more physically active up until uh, March of this year is when we locked down. And then we came out of lockdown and my social life just sort of started up again in September. But I I have less reason to leave the house than I used to. And I have less um, opportunities to exercise than I used to. But I've just joined a special gym for people um, who have sciatica and and uh, back problems and physical impairments um so i'm hoping to go back you know to to, to a regular exercise regime in the new year it's things like standing up um, whereas before if i had to do something i would immediately sit down uh, because the pain would start almost immediately and now um i find myself just being able to stand up and do things even like household chores and things i couldn't do that required standing up it's things like that um it, it's the convenience of being able to be just that little bit closer to being more able-bodied than, than I was before. I mean, I still consider myself a disabled person, but um, I was going to give an example. Um, we have a station here called Waterloo, mm. and there's 24 platforms. And from Platform 24, I used to beg them to get a wheelchair for me to, to cart me from t- Platform 24 to Platform 2, because my exit was at Platform 2. And um, I'm trying to sort of give you an idea of how what large the station is. So you can imagine um you're in canada but i'm trying to think um uh there's a station in new york or grand central station as a huge, mm-hmm. huge huge railway station and if you can imagine going from one end to the other um so it's a little bit like that uh waterloo station is a massive massive train station so i'd say that in terms of walking and um, i'd say it was a good maybe three quarters of a mile mm-hmm. and before i used to need a wheelchair because it was ramps and everything so I would need a wheelchair to go from Platform 24 to Platform 2. Um, or, uh, yeah, I mean, if I didn't get a wheelchair, I would have to stop at least three, four times and sit down. Um, since taking cannabis oil, I'd walk from Platform 24 to Platform 2 nonstop, not needing to sit down, no pain at all.
3: That's marvelous. That is yes.
1: incredible. It's
2: very, it's very liberating. It's very liberating. I just, it's psychologically, I just feel less disabled because I don't need that wheelchair.
1: Yeah, it must be amazing for you to feel uh, normal like everyone else.
2: Well, no, I don't like to use the word normal um, because um, there's, there's, um, you know, the, the, I don't really sort of set store by that uh, idea that, that that there's certain things in society are normal and everything else is abnormal. I think there's disabled people, there's non-disabled people, and there are all people. And uh, it's society that disables us, because if you put a a staircase in front of someone who's a wheelchair user, they are disabled by the fact that they're a wheelchair user. But if you put a ramp there...
1: Okay, Rona, when we uh, we were stopped by our technical issue here, I asked you about Waterloo Station. Now... Yes. And I want to continue that. Now, the, the fact that you walked Waterloo Station, you went from... Platform 24-2, when you first did that, the very first time you did that, what was it like for you?
2: Um, I couldn't quite believe it. Um, I had to pinch myself. I just couldn't believe it. And I thought, well, I'm just having a good day today. But then when I did it the second time, I thought, it's got to be the, the, the gummies I'm taking. Well, actually, I wasn't taking gummies at the time. I was taking different, different types of uh, pills. Um, cannabis oil pills, which were a uh, different um, concentration of THC and C- CBD, which I can't get anymore because um, the person who I was uh, I was getting the pills from is no longer doing them. So uh, that's when I, after that, I went on to gummy sweets, which are slightly re- weaker, weaker THC, um, stronger CBD um, component.
1: Do you know... what Yeah, in listening to your story, one of the issues that I've had over the last number of years is uh, I injured my hip and uh, it started to bother me. And it got to the point many years later where uh, I developed a a bit of a limp because, not all the time, but because uh, of tight uh, hip flexors. And over the last number of months, I've been exercising those and as a result of that what has happened is that I don't have that pain in my hip anymore and uh, I know you don't like to use the term normal but it was as you said very liberating to know that all of a sudden this pain that you've been experiencing for years and years has finally subsided to the point where it doesn't bother you like it used to that is liberating isn't it uh, yeah. yeah, very much so. Now, how difficult it is, is it for you at this time to get cannabis in the UK?
2: Um, I think the situation is in flux. Um, it's, I think it's just recently been declassified as a so-called, quote-unquote, dangerous drug. Um, CBD is completely legal and available, uh, freely available, sold in uh, high street pharmacies, pharmacies. Um, yeah, you can get CBD everywhere and anywhere in any form. Whether it's uh, in the form of chocolate or in the form of uh, bath bombs or soaps or, or or ingestible tablets, CBD is absolutely everywhere. Are we so, talking CBD, CBD
3: from cannabis or CBD from hemp, Rona? Uh,
2: both. Okay. So, so uh, go ahead. T H C is a
3: bit tricky.
2: THC is a bit trickier. THC is a, a classified as a medical treatment for um, certain types of cancer and um, uh, multiple sclerosis, but it is licensed by uh, a pharmaceutical company, uh, and it's only available in the private sector, private medical sector. Um, so it's not what I would call freely available in the market. It's something that uh, has been discussed in Parliament more than once. And as I said, it's just recently been declassified as a dangerous drug it has been Sort of downgraded from uh, class A to class C or something like that. But in terms of actually, if you you say to someone uh, a doctor, I have cancer or I have multiple sclerosis, uh, I would like some cannabis oil with high THC. The doctor will say, Well, no, here's uh, amitriptyline instead. You know, they 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 would not actually give you a prescription for for uh, uh, for medical cannabis if you ask for one, regardless of what your needs are. But it's still really tricky.
3: Hmm. i think it's uh worth mentioning here too rona uh just for the uh listener who may not be aware there are a significant amount of scammers in the uk so really be careful where you're sourcing product from please
2: um yeah i mean i've never had any problems uh with any of the products that i have uh used um the uh, the CBD tablets have always helped my ulcer. Um, I've never had, it's been con- it's been consist they've been consistently good at helping my ulcer. The uh, the gummy sweets are from uh, I would say a very trusted source um, in terms of the fact that they they are a supplier to a store that I shop at and I know the owners quite well and it, there's, there's not an issue there.
3: Awesome.
1: So uh, you've explained that uh, the CBD does wonders for your ulcer. Yeah. Do you take that every day? Yep. And you've had the ulcer since you were 15.
2: I had it, and I also had the esophagus when I was 15, and that sorted itself out, and then I developed a gastric ulcer in my stomach um, many years later, and that never sorted itself out, and I was getting symptoms for years, and I... Never got properly diagnosed until 2017 when I collapsed. Uh, and then I was properly diagnosed, and then they gave me a but that didn't really help me very much, and that's the prescribed treatment for ulcers, and I'm in desperation. Um, somebody suggested CBD tablets. And then uh, I found uh, a really good uh, organization called The Original Alternative, and uh, I tried them, and literally overnight, as I said, it was like I went from having, you know, no ability to... To eat or, or to, or, or, you know, to, it was, that my digestive system completely changed, like, almost overnight. It was quite wonderful.
1: Oh, it must have been after all those years. Rona, what would you say to uh, most people who still view cannabis as a very dangerous drug?
2: Uh, I've had conversations with people of this of, of silk this on the internet. And I simply say, well, um, when I took CBD, uh, this happened with my ulcer, and then when I started taking gummy sweets uh, for pain relief, this happened, and then I did this, and then I did that, and then I lost weight, and blah, 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 blah. But okay, if you don't want to take cannabis, and if you're frightened, if you're going to run a mile from it, that's your choice, and that's your prerogative, and I respect that, but these are the facts as I see them, and those are the facts as you see them, and Never the twain shall meet. You know, you have to respect people's opinions as ill formed as they are, ill-informed as they are. Uh, but I did have a friend with breast cancer, and uh, I told her, you know, cannabis oil, cannabis oil. She was like, no, I'm not touching cannabis. No, 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 no. About two years later, she came to me, um, uh, sort of like with her head, uh, tail between her legs and said, Um, could you let me get, could you tell me where I could get some cannabis oil, please? I'm really (laughs) suffering. And you know what? I, I, I didn't, I didn't sort of say I told you so. I just said well, you, all you have to do is get in touch with so-and-so for cannabis oil. And you know what? She has completely recovered from her breast cancer and from her uh, radiotherapy symptoms. She was getting an awful reaction to radiotherapy. And she started taking, uh, cannabis oil and she's fine now.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, that is a fascinating story.
2: Yeah, you lead horses to water, you can't make them drink, but if they want to drink, you're not going to say, oh, no, you had your chance, and take the water away.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, if I did that, boy, oh, boy.
2: (laughs) Well, quite, Corey, quite. (laughs) Yes. How much CBD do you take a day, Rona? 50 milligrams a day, plus the gummies as and when I need them, which are, as I said, 70 mils. Um, CBD and 20, 25, 75% CBD, 25% THC, or is it 70, 30? I can't remember.
3: 70, Something 30. Like I think you said, yeah. Um, would you say on an average you, you do it like three times a day or?
2: Um, well, I take the gummies according to my pain levels. So I have good days and bad days with my pain, depending yes. on how much I slept and blah, 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 how much I've done the night before. So, uh, some days I take one gummy a day, some days I take two gummies a day, but I always take one 50 pill of um, CBD every single day, every single day, because I ran out of them once, and after three days, I started getting dizziness and chest pains again. So, you know, I know that those those pills are what, what's keeping my ulcer at bay, as it were.
1: Mm-hmm. That, uh... Rona, during the, the, this interview, I've been thinking about uh, your mother and the fascinating story you told initially about uh, her with a runny nose, maybe getting a, a, a cold, and then she takes your cannabis, and as a result, she, she kind of was like her mind just woke up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was truly amazing that this this could happen. And uh, I wonder if anywhere in the world there are researchers and and uh, medical authorities um, studying whether cannabis is good for Alzheimer's and dementia.
3: Yes, there Israel.
1: Is. Israel. Israel, of course, yes. Yeah. I completely forgot about that.
3: Yeah, and I know Dr. Bob Malamide has a relative who's got... Uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and is in a home and the improvement that he has shown is absolutely incredible.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Rona, is there uh, anything you uh, to go ahead?
2: I was going to say, my mother uh, died five weeks short of her 95th birthday and she only passed away. She only worsened and passed away when we ran out of the patches. So those patches were giving her an appetite. They were keeping her, literally keeping her alive. In the end, she was, she was, she was she was uh, dead down. She was very much at the end of her life. Uh, even her foot started to uh, set, mortar started to set into one of her feet, but she was mm. still able to eat and she was still able to breathe and, and, and everything. And we, we ran out of the patches and she was dead four days later. So I, I, I genuinely believe that the cannabis was keeping her alive in the end.
1: Right. Rona, is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners uh, in conclusion?
2: Um... Just to say that um, it's, 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 a, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation and there's not, this is not meant to be medical advice. Uh, it's very much what works for in each individual person. So 50 milligrams might work for me. You may need 100 milligrams. You may need 10 milligrams. It's a very much a question. With, with cannabis, it's very much a question of trial and error. If you're going to try um, cannabis, make sure it's genuine, as Collie said, because there are scammers. There are people who might sell you snake oil and tell you it's cannabis oil. Um, so obviously, make sure it's a very, very trusted source. Make sure you don't break the law. If you, you know, it, make sure you know what what your legal rights are and your legal position is before you uh, you do something like that. And of course, there there is a, a something I've seen called the legally healed, where you know people who are very, very unwell take cannabis and then they heal themselves, and then they're breaking the law by doing so. But you have to kind of weigh up the pros and cons of how you know what the consequences of that might be. So. I'm not actually, you know, recommending that anyone just go out and 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 find cannabis oil, regardless of the whatever the ramifications are, the consequences of of it. But you need to sort of uh, just do your research and and do your, you know, do trial and error in terms of dosage. Uh, make sure you don't take too much because then you will get very very spaced out, and it will you'll wonder what's happening to you, and you'll start panicking, and <laughs> it won't mm-hmm. be a very pleasant experience. Um, So that's what I'm going to say in conclusion. Yes, you know, everything I've I've said has been about myself and my family, and it's not a recommendation to anyone else. But if those of you who are curious about cannabis would like to, you know, investigate what the possibilities are for yourselves in your own situations, then I would say, uh, by all means, uh, it's something that could very much change your life for the better. You know, if you're very fortunate and, and you get the right dosage and you get get it from the right source. It's something that could, you know, if you have cancer, it could cure your cancer. So.
1: Very well said, Rona. <laughs> Rona, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for sharing your information.
2: Thank you very much for having me on today.
3: Rona, thank you so much. Who would have thunk it, hey? How long have we known each other? Six, seven years? Something like that.
2: Something like that, yep. Yeah,
3: thank you very much. Thank you very much, Corey. Bye-bye oh, for now. Bye, everyone.
1: Bye-bye. Once again, we thank Rona Topaz in London, England, for sharing her story. And if you'd like to share your story about the medical use of cannabis, then go to our website, Cannabis Health Radio, and uh, send us an email with a bit of background on uh, what you went through, how it was beneficial to you, and uh, we'll contact you and you can tell your story on Cannabis Health Radio. And uh, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Uh, We have had a bit of a problem with uh, YouTube. Uh, Mark in Belgium posts our podcast to YouTube, and he puts some hashtags underneath, and one of the hashtags was our website. And YouTube said it was a violation of their community standards, whatever the hell that means. And as a result, that's one strike against us, and if we get three strikes, they take down our YouTube channel. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, if you're not on our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and su- subscribe to Cannabis Health Radio. And if you'd like to contribute to Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so in a couple of ways. You can do, make a monthly donation on Patreon, or you can make a one-time donation for as little as a cup of coffee, five bucks. Go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And we thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all.
3: I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked, the podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked, the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.